It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Victory Monday to you. The Bills defeat the Miami Dolphins on Sunday by a score of 31 to 21 and improve the record to 5 and 1. I remember just before this game kicked off, I looked over at my brother and said, "Man, it feels like the Bills hadn't played in forever. Like it felt like an eternity between this kickoff and the last time we saw the Bills play football." And it certainly appeared to be the case when the team took the field and really laid a stinker in the first quarter especially. I thought the first quarter of this football game was about the worst I've seen the Bills play this year collectively. At times we've seen the offense take a nap. There's been very little in terms of times we saw the defense take a nap, but collectively they both took a nap in that first quarter. And you kind of perked up and said, oh my God, is this really going to happen? Is this really going to be a tightly contested ball game? And I think a lot of people had the expectation that the Bills were just going to mop the floor with the Miami Dolphins, and they competed really hard, and they probably in a lot of ways played better than the Bills with inferior talent. And the Bills are at home coming off a bye, and I think this is the one win for me so far that I came away with some disappointment. You know, we've talked through the close win to the Jets and the closer-than-it-should-have-been win to the Giants and the Bengals and the Titans. We've talked through all of these, and I've kind of left you a lot of optimism, and I didn't share much in the way of disappointment. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm disappointed by the way... Yeah, It's tough to say. Like, I don't... I'm not disappointed. But there's things that I am disappointed about from the football game that... For the first time this year, I feel a little bit like a, a, a cause for hesitation and maybe pump the brakes a little bit in terms of some things that I can see being problematic that, you know, to be quite honest, won't won't be able to beat better football teams. The Bills found a way to win this football game, and I take much joy in that, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But this was a game that I felt like the Bills just did not play to their standard, particularly in the first half. Second half is a different story. I mean, the Bills outscored Miami 22-7 to in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, and actually scored them out, outscored them 22-7 to in the second half, uh, which is more in line of what you expect. But, you know, I don't know if it was shaking off the rust, if the Bills were sleepwalking early on, but there are some disappointing factors that I'll get into more specifically here in just a few minutes. The Bills, like I said, are 5-1. and one. They're going to have the second-best record in the AFC, uh, AFC East as well as the entire AFC. But if the season ended today, they would be the fifth seed because, as we discussed, the Bills lost that game to the Patriots. And the way the NFL playoff seedings go is if 
you're a division winner, you're seeded one through four, and then it's the wildcard teams. And so unless the Bills find a way to either have a outright better record than the Patriots or have the same record as the Patriots and beat them later and still need help, you know, in terms of tiebreakers, the Bills are probably going to be the fifth or the sixth seed. So with all that in mind, the Bills coming away with this win sets them up very favorably. I think somewhere between 80 and 85% of teams that start the season 5-1 and one go to the playoffs. Now the 2008 Buffalo Bills started the season 5-1. and one. They did not go to the playoffs. So we all know how fragile these things are, and the Bills have to continue finding ways to win. Next up, the Philadelphia Eagles travel to Orchard Park to play the Bills in Week 8. And that's, I haven't, I'm recording this before Sunday Night Football because I want to watch the Cowboys and Eagles play in that football game. But this would be, you know, probably the second best team the Bills have played this year outside of the Patriots. And it'd be a big measuring stick. And, um, you know, it's it's going to be important. It's it's going to be an important for the Bills to play better against the Eagles. If, the, if they play the way they did against Miami, they're not going to beat the Eagles. And what's funny is a lot of the things we've talked about that, were really the Achilles heel of this team being takeaways, not being careful with the football on offense, and Josh Allen being reckless with the football. That wasn't why the Bills played a tight game with Miami. We have different issues to talk about here in just a minute. But before we do, I want to tell you about our sponsor today, which is Blue Chew. Now you can increase your performance and get extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, Best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay 5 bucks for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We'll get into things I like and things I didn't like right after this. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You know, we talked on the Friday podcast about some X factors that could play into this football game that would make it a tighter game than I think a lot of people thought. And I think in a lot of ways, some of that came true. First of all, Ryan Fitzpatrick playing in this game was absolutely the right choice for the Miami Dolphins and giving themselves the best chance to win the game. This is a football player here in Ryan Fitzpatrick that's played a lot of football that did a really good job of just throwing the ball. I mean, really, just getting the ball out of his hands. There were some chaotic moments, which happens in every game, but for the most part, Fitz kept the offense on schedule. 
23 of 35, 282 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And uh, he got the ball out. He wasn't sacked. And, I mean, they ran the ball pretty well against the Bills as well. I mean, Mark Walton had 14 carries for 66 yards. Uh, as a team, they had over 109 yards rushing and two touchdowns. They um, they played they played well, Miami did. This is probably, I'm probably guessing that Miami is saying this is our best performance of the year. And maybe that'll give them some confidence the rest of the way. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick has an X factor over Josh Rosen. Could you imagine Rosen in this game? I think it had been a different script. And then number two, that Brian Flores had a plan, right, in terms of how to shut down Josh Allen. He's game planned against Josh Allen with Bill Belichick. And I think early in the football game you saw um, some really good defensive scheme from Miami and at times throughout the second half, even when the Bills were playing better and, and you know, obviously have a greater talent advantage. So, you know, some of that stuff came into play here. And I know some people thought the – the Bills were going to be resting their starters in the fourth quarter and those types of things. But, you know, we had a reality check on our Friday podcast, and I hope that was sobering for some people or at least got you in the mindset that the Bills still have to go out and execute. The Miami Dolphins aren't just going to lay down and say, beat us by 50, here's a dub, right? And that's not what happened. So, all right, well, the purpose of this next segment is to actually get into things I didn't like, but I want to kind of get into a few more items before I did. So, First thing I didn't like in this game, and this is overwhelmingly the first thing I didn't like, is that the Bills did not win the line of scrimmage, not on the offensive line or on the defensive line, with any sort of consistency. And this is a this is a Buffalo Bills offensive line and defensive line against a Miami Dolphins O-line and D-line, in which the Bills have superior talent. Superior talent. Better football players across the board. But they did not dominate the football game. Miami was running the ball very effectively against the Bills. Everyone wants to point out, not everyone, that's not fair. A lot of people want to point to Matt Milano and him not being available for this football game and how that played into some of the defensive lapses. And I don't disagree with that. But the way that you are stacked to win the offensive-defensive lines versus them you should be able to overcome the loss of Matt Milano in this football game. And you're seeing Star Latule and Jordan Phillips getting blown off the ball on a third and one inside the five-yard line? Just completely ridden out of their gaps. Lots of examples of, of Bill's defensive linemen just not maintaining their run fits. Didn't see this stuff beforehand. And I think the Bills took for granted that Miami was going to compete and try to win the football game. On the offensive line, I think the Bills run blocked pretty well, but you know it, it was situations where I thought there was opportunities for the Bills to be a little bit more consistent resetting the line of scrimmage and creating movement up front. So I, I just feel like based on personnel versus personnel, that the Bills did not win the line of scrimmage nearly as convincingly or overwhelmingly as they should have. There's not... There's not much in the way of starting caliber NFL players on either side of the line of scrimmage for the Dolphins. The Bills should have dominated in that capacity. They did not. That was disappointing to me. Number two, I did not like the performance of Levi Wallace in this football game. He got big boy. And I was this was kind of a concern that I had with Levi Wallace for a while. Um, he's just a light guy that doesn't have great speed. He's 179 pounds, six foot 179 pounds. That is a that is a skinny, thin dude. 
And it hadn't been an issue, right? Like, I don't think we can look over Levi Wallace's resume of games and say that he's been big boyed before. So I'm not going to put too much stock into it, but he was big boyed by the Miami Dolphins wide receivers, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, big physical receivers, and they ate him up. And Fitz went after him, and Levi Wallace was giving up a lot of completions in this football game. And this was the first time in however many games Levi Wallace has played where I felt like that was the case. And so it's a little bit concerning. Maybe it's something that you see the Eagles attack next week, which, you know, they have Alshon Jeffrey, and and we know how much Doug Peterson likes to play the matchups. And so, you know, Levi Wallace is going to have to have a big bounce-back game next week. And I know Kevin Johnson left the football game early with a head injury, um, so the Bills won't have too many other options to go to. So, Look, this is going to be an important bounce-back week for Levi Wallace. He's been really good for the Bills up into this game, but there's no no way of uh, saying it lightly. He got big boyed in this football game and gave up a lot of plays. Thankfully, Ryan Fitzpatrick decided to go to Trey White's guy a few times. Next thing I did not like in this football game was the Dawson Knox drop. It's so disappointing because you see so many exciting flashes of him just being a really exciting, dynamic, playmaking tight end. But then there's drops, and it's not just drops where it's a contested situation. There's nobody near the guy, and he drops the football. And it was a concern I had with him coming into the league because he showed this same type of of stuff at Ole Miss, just didn't get targeted a ton, so you're like not entirely sure if it's going to be a real problem. But, you know, when you think about it, it was a small sample size and variance within that. It's turned into the same in the NFL. Again, it's non-contested situations. And think about the implications of that drop, right? Like, you don't see other bad things happen to the Bills if Dawson Knox Knox just catches that football. So everyone wants to call him Rambo and come up with a fancy nickname for Dawson Knox. Well, right now his nickname is Dawson Drops until he proves that he can consistently catch football. That's it's been disappointing. I know he's a rookie, he's a young player. I'm not asking him to do spectacular things. I'm not. I'm asking him to catch the football when there's nobody near him and it's an accurate throw. I did not like the the first half game plan for the Bills. This was I you know, I'm watching this game early on. I know you are as well and you're just why is Josh Allen getting hit so much? Like designed runs, uh, a lot of like uh, rollouts and just situations where it's set up Josh Allen to get hit. And, you know, Josh Allen isn't a guy that really always feasts on schemed and manufactured throws. I mean, a lot of times he does a really good job of reading the defense and understanding where they're going to be soft, where the leverage is going to be, and throwing it to those spots. And this was a game where I felt like Brian Dable had too many manufactured throws early, too much play action early, too many design QB runs early. And it was it was disappointing to see because the Bills were still moving the football pretty well with that stuff. But, you know, I'm seeing Josh Allen getting pounded. I did not like that early on. I don't think the Bills had the right mix going into the football game. And um, they adjusted really well throughout the course of it. Um, but early on in that first quarter, I did not like the Bills' def- offensive game plan. And then the last thing I'll say here in terms of things I did not like are the Josh Allen overthrows. Um, you know, look, I mean, he missed John Brown. That one wasn't too egregious. It was by a yard or two on a vertical route running down the right sideline that I thought, you know, was a reasonable opportunity to hit a big play. And Josh Allen didn't throw a football that John Brown could catch up to. But then obviously the, 
DeAndre Roberts overthrow in the second half. You know, it's actually his only, I think it might have been his only incompletion in the second half, to be honest with you. But, I mean, it was a situation where, you know, it was overthrown by like 15 yards. And it's just not catchable. So, <laughs> you know, it's 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 becoming a trend where Josh Allen on those vertical shots, he's just not throwing catchable footballs. And so we talk about the big plays of this offense coming down the field and how they continue to not be there. Well, they continue to not be there because Josh Allen's not hitting the throws. Guys are open. They're just not catchable opportunities. And I think that's what's disappointing. It's not like he's missing by a step. He's missing big. And it it does you no good to be able to throw the ball 80 yards down the field if you can't throw it in a catchable situation. So it's an interesting storyline to see how defenses play Josh Allen. I mean, obviously, he's shown a willingness for the most part to let it rip down the field. But at some point, you have to say, I'm not going to give it that much respect until he proves he can hit it. You know, and, and, and <laughs> these, these haven't been difficult situations. I mean, think about that Andre Roberts play. The, quarter, the corner tried to press him, he, and Andre Roberts beats him with a pretty clean inside release. He catches the safety flat-footed, and you got 4-3 streaking down the middle of the field. Josh overthrows it by 15 yards. Not close. I don't know. It's not hard. I mean, obviously, I was encouraged by the the long uh, completion to John Brown, where it was kind of that that long post route that's kind of developing down the field, and you hit that. That was probably around twenty yards. But man, for the most part, it's just it's just not there. And you think about the entire inventory of games this year, and Josh Allen is just not hitting throws down the field. And so, um, looking for that to change. You know, I I said it a few times. I feel like as soon as he hits one, you feel like maybe there'll be some consistency, but Man, he's not he's not hitting anything. And uh, it was funny. You think about you see this quote from from Cole Beasley after the game when he was asked about Josh Allen's celebration where he nearly threw the ball out of the stadium. Cole Beasley responded and said, "Quote: He did the same thing on his deep throw to Andre Roberts. I'll probably give him a hard time about that this week. I mean, tongue in cheek, but Cole, man, that you're not wrong, brother. So hopefully they can loosen up and, and start to hit those throws. But man, like the Bills." Josh Allen has got to got to start hitting some stuff down the field for that to be a relevant you know a relevant part of what he does in the NFL. Like we love the growth in the short to intermediate areas. We love some of the timing stuff. We love that you can still hit a throw on the run and you can extend plays with your feet and pick up runs and stuff. Stuff like we love all that stuff. But man, hit hit a ball down the field. Be good. That'd be really good. Peloton is offering a limited time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout from home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Just like the Buffalo Bills, I like to finish on a high note. Leave everyone in a positive mood. 
as we close up the podcast. Again, the Buffalo Bills winners, 31-21 over the Miami Dolphins, improving their record to 5-1. 5-1, ladies and gentlemen, are your Buffalo Bills. That is terrific. First thing I liked about this football game, and I spoke a lot about Josh Allen missing a couple deep throws in this football game, but I really like that he had a 111.4 passer rating. He didn't turn over the ball, and he did not even come close to turning over the football in this game. And, you know, aside from one throw against the Titans, he's not he's not coming close to throwing anything in the way of interceptable passes. And uh, I think that's a really nice flip of the script there when it comes to some of the concerns early on with Josh Allen fumbling the ball, turning it over on bad throws. You know, outside, in the last two games, we've only had really one situation where Josh just made a really poor decision, and that's on uh, that's on 58 passing attempts over the last two weeks, and that's that's aimed throws. Like there's other plays where it was a drop back, and he maybe ran or something like that. So, you know, Josh Allen is slowly but surely working at proving that he's not going to make careless decisions with the football. There wasn't even a glimmer of a bad decision with the football in this game. He didn't put it in harm's way. And the Bills, I think, are what now 9-1 when Josh Allen turns the football over one or fewer times. And that is something I would continue to remind Josh Allen about because there is a direct line between Josh Allen not turning over the football, the Bills being successful in the win column. And we saw that against the Miami Dolphins. Number two, maybe this should have been number one, the play of Tredavious White, the Bills' number one pick, in 2017, game-changing plays. The Bills didn't stop Miami. Trey White made game-changing plays in this football game. You know, interception, you know, right when they were about to score a touchdown, took points off the board, gave the Bills the football, and, of course, the forced fumble. And here's a stat for you that uh, Buffalo Bills PR put out. They said, since entering the NFL in 2017, Tredavious White leads the league with 14 second-half takeaways. You saw two more of those today, or on Sunday, against the Miami Dolphins. I was thinking in my mind about Trey White and his, you know, I guess two and a half years on the team now. And I can think of seven games where Trey White made significant game-changing plays that I don't think the Bills win the football game if he doesn't make them. This year we have the Bengals game, we have the Miami game. 2018 wasn't a great year for Trey in terms of those types of plays, but 2017, Denver, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Miami. I'm not convinced the Bills win those football games if they don't have Trey White. Seven games in two and a half years where I think Trey White was the difference between winning and losing. And, I mean, this is one of his finest performances to date, especially when you see Levi Wallace getting picked on all game long. And, you know, they go at Trey a couple times, and he picks one off. A great play. I mean, it wasn't a a tip pass or anything. Trey White said, I'm making a game-changing play, and went out and did it. I mean, broke on that ball, got in front of that receiver, made the catch going down towards the ground, got his helmet ripped off, and maintained possession of the football Points off the boards for Miami. The Bills take possession of the football. Punches the ball out. 
in the, later in the game and sets up an important touchdown for the Bills to make sure they win the football game. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, Trey White was the best player on the field on Sunday. And so I know that there's, like every player, it feels like there's plenty of doubters when it comes to Trey White. But <laughs> you can't have a bad thing to say about that young man after the way he played on Sunday and is very much responsible for the Bills winning the football game and improving to 5-1. and one. Next thing I liked in this football game was John Brown. Five receptions on six targets, 83 yards, a touchdown. Um, you know, he probably deserved a completion on that other one that we talked about. But, uh, you know, John Brown, I mean, he's he's been really good for the Bills. I mean, he's he's been the number one receiver. There's no way, there's no way around it. And uh, it's not just been deep stuff. It's really not even been deep stuff at all. It's been all, all levels of the field that Josh Allen's been able to hook up with John Brown on. I think separation was there consistently all game. Um, and he's just been a very steady contributor for the football team. I mean, there's nothing to be disappointed about when it comes to John Brown on this football team. You look at his entire season today, seven receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Seven receptions, 72 yards. Four receptions, 51 yards. Five receptions, 69 yards. Five receptions, 75 yards. Five receptions, 83 yards, and a touchdown. He, week in and week out, is performing for the Bills, and he's been everything and more that they could have asked for, and um, I'm excited to see him and Josh Allen hook up on a deep throw at some point this year because I can think of a you know two or three at least uh, that they should have to this point. So uh, another great performance from John Brown. I thought overall the Bills receivers. I mean we're going up against you know really poor corners Ryan Lewis and Nick Needham and uh, Eric Rowe. I mean a lot of opportunity there and they were without Rashad Jones and Xavier Howard. So. I'm a little bit disappointed they weren't even more productive, but uh, John Brown definitely showed out, and uh, the touchdown pass was a beautiful route. Uh, got that inside release and caught the football in stride. Was nervous he was going to pop his elbow out of the socket with that dance that he did, but uh, you know, lo and behold, he didn't, and, and was a big reason why the Bills won this football game. Next up is, uh, is Stephen Hauschka. Things I like. Steve, uh, Stephen Hauschka's game, 3 of 3 on field goals, hit from 39-43-45, hit both of his extra points, uh, I mean, he scored, what, 11 points for the Bills in this game? Um, and they won by 10. So Steven Hauschka was very important in this game, very consistent, uh, hitting his field goals, which I think is really good. He's had, you know, he had the one miss in the rain and the other from like 62 yards. So uh, I think there's a lot of encouragement for the way Steven Hauschka has been playing this year. And uh, obviously, you know, being consistent on five different kicks and the Bills needed every one of them in this game. And so I think we should all be very encouraged by the performance of Steven Hauschka in this football game. And number five, I know this is kind of a boring answer, but the the fifth thing that I liked, maybe number one, is that the Bills won the game. As disappointed as we are that maybe they didn't have more production on offense or weren't able to get more consistent pass rush and got gashed in the run game a little bit and you know didn't really you know control the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball and... Josh Allen didn't hit hit his deep throws again, and Dawson Knox dropped the pass. The Bills won the football game, and they won by 10 points. And that's really good in the NFL. You win by two scores in the NFL, that's really good. This, this Dolphins team is definitely not talented. They have a lot of work to do in building this roster, but the Bills won the football game by 10 points. 
and there was some rust, and I'm glad I'm glad the Bills didn't play anyone else besides the Dolphins coming out of the bye because I don't know that they could have beat anyone else with the way they played collectively early in this football game. But the Bills found a way to win. They played well when it, when it mattered most for the most part. And, um, you know, they came away with the W. 5-1. and one. Goodness gracious, 5-1. and one. Everybody would have taken that going into the season, and it's here. They don't take it. They don't. They don't count as a half a win because they didn't play well early in the game. There are no ugly wins. Let's be honest. In the NFL, you either win or you lose. The Bills found a way to win this football game, and um, I guess the exciting part is we can still say the Bills haven't played their best game. We haven't seen it yet, so hopefully they're due, and uh, we see that against uh, a really good opponent here in the Philadelphia Eagles, a really talented football team. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about the Philadelphia Eagles here the rest of the week on the podcast, so make sure that you are subscribed. Uh, hit that subscribe button. However you listen to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is, hit subscribe, and uh, make sure you don't miss our uh, our crossover preview on Wednesday, our comprehensive primer on Thursday. We'll get into injuries, leftover thoughts, and predictions on Friday, um, and get ready for you know one of the Bills' toughest games of the schedule. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about it very thoroughly on this podcast tomorrow, though, is Twitter Tuesday, as you know. If you want your items answered, hit me up on Twitter. The hashtag is Twitter Tuesday. The handle is at the Joe Marino. You can also send me an email, joe at thedraftnetwork.com. Send it to one of those two places. I'll definitely get it. And um, I like to record, like I tell you every week, I like to record sometime earlier on Monday afternoon. So try to have them in before 12 uh, p.m. Eastern time so that way I can compile them and record the podcast and make sure I get to everyone on the Tuesday show. That'll do it, guys. Bills win. I'll catch up with you again tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.